Welcome everyone, hello, this is the episode 4 of Personal Space Invaders, this is Carol and... Sean. Okay, it's been a while. <laughs> yeah, it has man. Yeah. Um, Alright, so do you want to start with the first topic of yours? Sure, why not? Today is a warm day in Switzerland and it's been a very, uh, we've been experiencing a heat wave and I want to talk about global warming. Oh wow, okay, yeah. <laughs> because I'm really pissed off at this humidity. Do we have two days of... <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we can, I mean, we can talk very informally about global warming and how it affects our, our lives and whatnot. So the first thing I'd like to say is we are kind of, we're in our, in our 30s, so uh, mm-hmm. let's go 20 years back. Can you remember summers being this hot? No, of course not. I mean, yes, I remember very hot summers, but I don't remember... Th- the, the these kind of extremes going on, um, especially so close to each other. For instance, at the moment in some parts of Poland, from almost 40 degrees last week and went down to 17. And this is just crazy. Yeah, <clears throat> I agree. And um, I'm just here on the on the NASA website, having a look at the current level of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. This went, this went crazy in the last years. Yeah, no? so in 1950, so in 1950, it was up to about 300. And now it's more than 400, right? And now it's basically 420. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's absolutely crazy. But if, you, if you're looking at the charts, can you, can you see um, a specific year that it really started to peak up? Um... Yeah, well, I think just with the just with the just after the Second World War, mm. it, the, the 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 line just goes up vertically. Yeah, it's absolutely crazy. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that's that's where we're at. And I guess on on our part, we need to we need to try and figure out what we can do in our uh, everyday lives to try and remove. A certain amount of carbon dioxide that we put in the air. There is a precondition to this, <laughs> to this <laughs> conversation, is? right? We need to we need to both acknowledge that um, actually global warming exists. Yes. Okay. <laughs> it exists. The science is there. <laughs> I believe NASA. Uh, I believe ninety nine point nine percent of the entire scientific community, which says that global warming does exist. Yeah. And um, because I, I think the the complete misconception about global warming is the the difference in climate and weather and that people actually don't understand it <clears throat> even the president of Poland it was a few months ago that he he tweet, tweeted about it and he said it was during winter it was snowing heavily and he said we are paying so much for the global warming and i get pissed off when i look outside the window and uh, thinking about this topic oh, oh my god uh, yeah this okay. it's so it's so ignorant yeah I can. I just cannot believe that um, a public persona would would say something like that. Yeah, I think that uh, you're right in pointing out that misconception. Uh, I think that people need to realize that the weather gets more extreme, mm-hmm. the more um, global warming um, becomes or increases. I should yep. say. Yeah. So hotter summers, colder winters, and we're seeing, at least in Central Europe, where we're used to for millennia, uh, 
probably having f- four seasons, we're mm-hmm. seeing that diminish down to two. Mm-hmm. Two extreme seasons. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah, of course. Um, actually, yesterday I I was I, I watched a YouTube video about it, and uh, w- what there was one thing that well, the, the whole video was really dramatic. It's uh, it was made by a by a Polish scientist. There is a YouTube uh, there is a Polish scientist on YouTube who who posts about mainly global warming. Yeah. But what, there was one thing that she said re- really struck me, but crazy. So you know that there is this 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 um, agreement <clears throat> on trying to fight the uh, temperature increase of by two percent, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the you're talking about the Paris Agreement. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So the, the so it was not not two percent but two degrees, um, and and th- there are two versions of this. One version was one and a half degree and the other version was two degrees two degrees was kind of signed as a compromise and uh, as, as i mean as far as you can believe those statistics the difference between the 1.5 degrees and two um two degrees means that if it's two degrees 50 percent more people would have um limited access to fresh water wow so this half the half half of a degree Celsius yeah means that so many more people would not have access to to fresh water anymore mm-hmm. this is crazy it is absolutely crazy i'm I'm just having a look at a few small things i mean small in theory that humankind can do to try and reduce its environmental impact mm-hmm. and to um, put a stop to global warming yep amongst these. You can uh, power up your home with renewable energy. Of I mean, course. why in 2019 doesn't every single building house have solar panels on the roof? For example, I'm saying some. I mean, I'm saying something really, really stupid, right? That's a very good question. Why? I don't know why. I wish it was true. Right or I th- I think also especially because we live in Switzerland in Switzerland majority of the electricity is produced from renewable energies majority doesn't mean ninety five percent it probably means something between <coughs> fifty and sixty yeah because Switzerland has nuclear as well doesn't it, it yes nuclear yeah. and of course water yeah um, there's there's a lot of yeah. uh, natural natural electricity produced here yeah which is great but again it's it's still not ninety five percent but when you're talking about countries like um, like Poland, for instance, yeah. that is purely coal-oriented, yeah. I really don't know why people don't go into solar panels. Yeah, I, I mean, think I yeah. mean for, for sure it's a bigger investment, a bit bigger. I think when it comes to these things, there are lots of I don't know. Maybe I'm being a conspiracy theorist here, but lots mm. of lobbyists that want to try and avoid this type of situation. But anyway, I mean. You can you can power up your home with renewable energy. You can invest maybe in energy efficient appliances. Um, one big thing actually that's on this list that it strikes me as a um, a very simple thing that we can all do is actually eat the food we buy. Yes, that's very true. I think I think I read somewhere something like one third of the food that's produced in the United States, for example, is thrown, thrown away. Yeah. the The funny thing is that in in Seoul, for instance, in South Korea, 
they they are actually uh, making this, people pay for wasting food. Yeah, there's this law, right? Yes, there's this law, and there there are those there are the trash bins that you can throw away f- uh, food in, and you have you have a card that I think is connected to your ID, or the card is ID, maybe mm-hmm. I I don't know, but there's a card that you need to put in the machine in order to for the machine to open. Yeah. And uh, and you're paying for every single kilogram of food that you're throwing away, and from um, from 1995, so 24 years back, I don't remember the exact numbers, but it, the, the the difference between now and 1995 is just crazy, 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 yeah. crazy insane. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's the that's the that's the clue of 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 why I think you just need to make people do things and it's about the leadership and about of course it's it's not a very it's not a very popular thing to do to make people invest more money into buying a house or building something but i think that's what the that's what the planet needs i mean if if leadership doesn't take the decision of really imposing things on yeah. people uh, nothing nothing's going to happen rapidly and we need really rapid changes otherwise it's already really too late for yeah. many things to, to to come back yeah i agree i agree and when you when you put on the table the fact that we're all using mobile phones we're all using tvs um and all of these things need electricity yeah. you know you yeah, need to the, charge all your devices it, constantly yeah yeah but of course also there there are things that you don't don't think about really that, yeah. that produces energy uh, wastes energy but i've seen um a scientific proof of how much electricity uh, one email being sent uses. Wow, cool. Because of course, I mean, you send an email, you mm-hmm. you need the server to work for it, sure. so it needs to send it. So another <coughs> server needs to receive it. So th- this this is also insane because every single thing that we do right now, mm-hmm. because we are used to that, right? One like on Facebook, one like on Instagram, one picture uploaded. Yeah. Every single thing that we do on such devices tracked. is on not only tracked but uses energy somewhere. Not only on your device, you will have to charge your device, of course, but it uses the electricity of a server. Yeah. And this, uh, when you think about the scale of it, mm-hmm. of how many millions of pictures are uploaded every probably minute now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's. It, it's I mean, people don't think about it sure. because it's not. It's not very well popu- popularized, right? Sure. It. It. People aren't aware of this. I wasn't. I didn't even think about that actually. Yeah. Me neither. I'm, um, one thing, one thing I did think about was the difference between now and let's say I don't know the early two thousands or late nineteen nineties, where you you had a mobile phone, mm-hmm. but you actually switched it off when you went to bed. You didn't leave it on. Yeah, that's true. Do you remember that? Yeah, of course. And now you just keep your devices on all the time. I mean, how many people do you know that actually shut off their computer? Probably they just close it and it goes into sleep mode. But I in do sleep that. mode, it's still. I I do that, but for one simple reason, yeah. <laughs> I don't know for what for, for whatsoever reason my my computer started to use a lot of energy when it sleeps. Yeah, exactly. So I I really switch it off, yeah. and I also switch off my phone. Oh, I mean, okay. I, no, I don't switch it off. I just go offline, so it uses a lot less energy. Yeah. Because I use the, the, the alarm clock in the yeah. phone, of course. This, this leads into another topic, if you will, right? Mm-hmm. The being available 24-7, right? So people mm. now with mobile phones, because you know, you, you're reachable anywhere in the world, basically. Yeah. Um, 
you're kind of expected nearly to be available if or or even let's say let's say you have okay let's say you're in the 1950s you're the father of <laughs> two kids mm-hmm. and they go out at night mm-hmm. and you have no opportunity you have no mobile phone so you just go to bed okay yeah N- nothing is on mm-hmm. whereas now 2019 same scenario you leave your phone on and you tell your kids call me if there's any emergency mm-hmm. um what do you think about that? What do you think about the, the difference that that causes maybe in parenting and mm. just expectations in general in society that you need to be available if I call you or if I message you? Yeah, I think it's, it's, as, if, it's as if with any mass technology, it's, it has good sides and bad sides. The good side is, of course, being available 24-7 and having services available 24-7 means that you are able to do more things, right? So if you imagine, I don't know, you can really do a lot of things. You can call for help. This is great. But at the same time, um, uh, you have people using devices that are capable of doing, let's say, a billion calculations per second. Yeah. Whereas they're using a device as if it was a, a thousand calculations per second. Mm-hmm. So the, we're not using the potential of the devices that we have. No. And I don't think we're using the, the potential of the technology that we have. The the only entities that are actually using the potential of technologies is all the marketing geniuses at the moment. Because if you if you look at, at the technology, it's it's purely it's purely focused on marketing at the moment. Yeah. Instagram, Facebook, the algorithms of showing this but not showing that but but showing this at a specific time but it's this is crazy for me this has to end at some point but coming back to the availability 24 7 of course it it pisses me off because there is this notion of expectation expecting people to to be available 24 7 but on the other hand i think it's um it's the the expectation is as the, as as you kind of um, teach people of how you how you how you live, if you if you don't become available and you communicated that look on the weekends I do not pick up the phone and mm-hmm. on the weekends I'm not available on social media. You're I'm removing not available. that expectation. Yeah, I think it's just about managing the expectations, mm-hmm. and uh, of course the the mass expectation is that everything is twenty four seven. Yeah, I think this is really uh, harmful in many ways. Because, um, of course, you can think of a situation that, yes, a, a good parent would say, okay, call me if there's an emergency, fine, cool, but it can work the other way around. It can be a control mechanism, which is also not great. Mm-hmm. Because, yes, sure, you should control what your kids are doing. It's very easy to say <laughs> for a guy who doesn't have kids, but mm-hmm. it, it for sure it's very important to control what your kids doing, what your kids are doing. But on the other hand, you should not go too far, and I don't think we all know where the where the border is. Yeah, I agree. What's your um, what's your first topic for today? Um, my first topic was a bit different, but. Uh, before I start that, mm-hmm. I was just wondering if you if if you could try and list the things that you are doing for the environment. The other day you showed me this uh, calculation because you're vegan. Yes. How much how much how much energy and how much CO two you saved in the past almost two years of being vegan? Yeah, hold on, let me grab it real quick. 
So I have been a vegan for exactly one year and eight months. Mm -hmm. And for anyone at home who wants to try it, a mom and mom, <laughs> uh, you go to theveganCalculator.com. Yeah. <clears throat> and you input the amount of years or months that you've been uh, vegan. And you can calculate, let me calculate in the metric system. So I've saved so far 2,519,160 liters of water. Yeah. Um, and this, this water comes from not so eating meat that requires a lot of water to be bred, right? A lot of water that, would need, that you would need or that, um, um, let's say, farms would need to produce yeah. food for livestock, mm -hmm. for example. Yeah. I've saved 1,695 square meters of forest, which again is cut down to produce uh, food for livestock. Um, 5,506 kilograms of CO2. So that's uh, significantly... 5,000. Five, five, five tons. Yeah, five tons. Five tons of CO2. Mm -hmm. And then 605 animal lives. Okay, yeah. So it's not bad. Let's see, let's see what it would look like, okay, if I input 10 years. So in 10 years, I would have saved 15 million liters of water. 15 million? 15 million. Okay. Okay. Water that is needed to produce, you know, the, the food for, et cetera, et cetera, for livestock. And uh, 66,000 kilos or 60, 66 tons of grain. Yep. 33 tons of CO2. Mm-hmm. 10,000 square meters of forests and 3,650 animal lives. It's crazy that a human being can consume more over 3,000. Maybe, maybe, I don't know what this calculation is based. I don't think that you can actually eat 3,000 animals in your lifetime, probably, but it's just one animal being killed and then they, they divide it for, for the population. But anyway. Yeah, so that's one way. Yeah. Um, in, in, in the it, meantime, I was actually curious, because you said more than five tons, right? Of yeah. uh, CO2. Yeah, correct. In one year and eight months. Correct. So, um, a big aircraft, Boeing 747, a yeah. huge aircraft, yeah. uses around 90 kilograms per hour. So, basically, it's like you you saved as much as a Boeing 747 would not fly for 60 hours. <laughs> wow. So That's not bad. That's really great. Yeah. I mean, airplanes are the, the highest polluters in, on the planet, right? Or one of the highest yeah, contributors in, in, to CO2 emissions. In, in general, transports, yeah. It's yeah. Uh, one of the highest. Yeah. Um, but since, since airplanes use um, um, that special type of fuel, what do they call it? Kerosene. Kerosene, yeah. yeah. I think that that's highly uh, pollut pollutant. That's a high pollutant. Isn't that, isn't that, isn't that an English not, word? I'm not sure. <laughs> um, yes, it is, a, it is a big source of, of pollution, for sure. Um, <laughs> the really funny thing is that... Um, it's, it's off topic, but... Um, <clears throat> actually, I... We're I, off topic. <laughs> I never thought about it, but yesterday I read that 
kerosene or kerosene or kerosene yeah. is not taxed worldwide. Okay, it's probably to subsidize transport. Correct. Because otherwise our transport fees would be like fucking... Uh, whoops. Oh, yeah, swear jar. Swear nice. Jar. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> yes, it's transport. Air transport is subsidized uh, by not by by the fuel not being taxed, mm-hmm. and that's why it's so difficult in many cases for the for the air transport for for trains to compete with air transport. Okay, so. It's crazy this when is, you think about it. This is interesting. Would you would you be willing to pay more knowing that so if if kerosene was taxed? Yeah. Our ticket prices for our planes and for weekends away would go up a lot probably. Mm-hmm. Would you be w- willing to pay that amount of money, extra money, knowing knowing that prob- that that you, tax is used let's say You know instead to of offset. instead of saying about something hypothetical um, I would prefer to to relate to my new car. Uh, I have a new car. I'm so I, cool. I paid a substantial amount of money on top mm-hmm. of the regular price mm-hmm. to have it uh, to have a plug-in hybrid instead of a normal hybrid. And this, I will not be able to compensate this amount of money in the time that I will have the car, at least for the period of the leasing. Yeah. I don't think I will be able to offset it financially. Okay. But I did it especially because I knew that this would be environmental friendly. So, so, yeah, so answering your question, mm-hmm. I think I'm at the moment of my, in the moment of my life that yes, I would pay more. Yeah. I think because if yeah. I pay more, you pay more, and millions of others pay more. Yeah. Um, I think it's it really translates into something as a, a something huge. Yeah, it, I I agree with you. At the same time, I think we are both privileged uh, in a way. Yeah. So sure. so there's there's plenty of uh, plenty of people that um, are not able to pay probably. I agree. For I agree, of course, but we're we're not talking about hundred percent no, more. No, no. So if I think if someone cannot afford a weekend in 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 Lisbon now, they would not be able to afford it anyway. Sure, sure, it's a good point. So I I don't think it's a huge change. Yeah. So what what other things do you try to do? So trying to follow your example, I've uh, I've stopped. Uh, nearly 100%, sometimes I'm still guilty of it, but nearly 100% I've stopped using plastic bottles in, in work for water. Very good. So I'm going to reach uh, 100% uh, probably as of as of tomorrow. I think the last time, uh, in the last week, I've probably only used it, taken one plastic uh, bottle for water. Mm-hmm. So that's, that makes me happy. That's great. Yep. And uh, what else? I take public transport. Mm-hmm. Or I use my bike. I don't own a car. Yeah. Um, I don't own a um, a scooter mm-hmm. or anything like that. And um, what else do I do? I do consume all the food I eat. I mm-hmm. don't throw anything out. If I do, it's extremely rare. Mm-hmm. And um, it, oh, in in the supermarket, um, I. I've stopped using the plastic bags to get vegetables. Mm-hmm. 
So, and I try to, as much as I can, to avoid buying anything that's wrapped in plastic. Mm -hmm. And I generally think twice before I buy something that's wrapped in plastic because I really think that it's uh, it's poisonous. Didn't you see that uh, WWF um, study that showed that we consume more or less the equivalent of a credit card in, in plastic <laughs> per week yeah. through water. Yeah, you showed me that. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit crazy. Yeah. So it's it's actually not funny at all. No, it's, it isn't. it's super sad. It isn't. So I guess that the more we we are conscious about the fact that plastic is uh really shit. Fuck. Oh damn, that's two another two swear jar. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. <clears throat> but will you allow me to to say to to since since the topic since we need to really address the fact that plastic is poisonous, will you just allow me to use the S word there? Yeah, of course. Okay, cool. So yeah, so I think I think we really need to be aware of the fact that plastic is poisonous for us. We're consuming it uh, unknowingly, and uh, we need to get a grip. Mm-hmm. Uh, about global warming, so an interesting piece of stats that shows um, the, the relation global warming. Conservative people proved that conservative people conservative are all over because they they check Japan and Norway. Extreme. The more conservative you, the more the less the problem. It's interesting, huh? Yeah, I think it's just a being part of um, a scheme, a, a tribe. You know, feeling I need to be on one side or the other. I need to be part of a certain group. Yeah. Um, and at the start, your your values are you have a couple of core values, and then you just follow whatever is being in that group within which you feel comfortable. Yeah. So if you feel like you belong in a predetermined group of of people, then it's likely that you're going to follow the values that that group has adopted. Yeah. As um, long as you have a voice, I think mm-hmm. uh, you're going to follow whatever is being said. Yeah, I guess. Uh, for th- this, I'm saying for I think people who um, who maybe find it more difficult, I think to face the facts and be independent and not follow the the, the crowd or the herd just just to end it i'll be very happy to to uh frank in the swear jar so <laughs> fuck you donald trump <laughs> okay <laughs> I'm, yes I'm re- i will echo that but i i i'm already on two for today so <laughs> yeah okay um my first topic actually if we are to change it um was travels okay cool um, I was wondering myself, I, I like traveling, not excessive traveling, but I really like traveling. I really like visiting new places. And I was just wondering if, I'm, I'm quite sure you like it as well. I, yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. I, I really enjoy it. The question is why? I guess it's because it's stimulating for the brain. You go somewhere new and... Um, you're immediately taking in all your surroundings, whereas you wouldn't really do that uh, at home or wherever you're, you're from, wherever you live, because you're, you've been aware of your surroundings for such a long time. And um, I think that we are made, if I can say that, to discover and to 
find out new things and that's why it's so i like it so much i think that's why people like traveling so much i have yet to meet one person that who, who doesn't uh, like traveling who doesn't like traveling <laughs> yeah um i know you'll call me a copycat yeah but i had the same conclusions but um the con the conclusion came from a, from another angle so um in photography what is uh, this geometry or something <laughs> yeah it's the yeah 90 degrees angle um so in photography which you know i'm passionate about the i i i really believe the more pictures you see the more stimulated you are to be creative in in seeing things and uh, you will you will end up taking more interesting pictures for you more interesting for you i'm not saying they're they're going to be more interesting for uh, for the others but okay they're going to be more interesting for you and i think I, i i really agree that people are just very deeply curious of everything that is around and mm -hmm. that's why the more new places you see yeah the 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 more you absorb of new experiences the more smells you smell the more things you actually touch and the more the more things you just okay now you're getting weird <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry no i'm kidding um, i agree the, the 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 more you experience all of that the 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 actually it's it's you're becoming more curious yeah and sure. and uh, it's like a it's like a perpetuum mobile Yeah, I think I know that we're always complaining about, you know, um the ways in which progress can affect culture and society in general, but one of the things that in my opinion um dampens these sensations is your smartphone. So living reality and living new experiences mm -hmm. um through your smartphone rather than experiencing it for yourself you know firsthand so i was i was at the mm. i was at the champions league final in madrid yeah and everybody was with their phones out recording you know the most important parts <laughs> of the match whereas Reco they weren't record, recording videos that they will never see recording again recording videos that exactly that they will never see again they just <laughs> wanted to post them on social media you know yeah. um so Of course, it, it. I mean, as we talked already, I mean, the technology. Every technology has its upside and downside, and I think, on one on one hand, it's it's really great. So you don't have to have a lot mm -hmm. of money mm -hmm. to really travel the world because you can see places without yeah. leaving your room. I mean, you can you can go on Google Earth or or go on Google Maps, <laughs> and you can basically see all the things that that uh, exist in the world. Yeah, but of course it's less tempting then to really move your move your body outside uh, the house and to actually travel somewhere i agree where what are the next five places you want to go see um i will go there but uh, before we before we move to this i would i would like to ask you what is your favorite style of traveling that is a very good question um okay so It doesn't have to be really cheap. I mean, I, I need to enjoy myself a little bit as well. So I, I like to have a, a bit of comfort mm -hmm. for sure. If I'm uh, traveling outdoors, I'm not an insectophobe, but it's not that I enjoy them, you know, too much. So mm -hmm. to give you an example, myself and my girlfriend were in uh, Croatia last summer. Really beautiful place, amazing place. 
and um, we're on an island and it was we we took this cabin it was isolated in the middle of nowhere it was brilliant but then nighttime comes and you have a nice dinner outside on the patio you turn on the light and yeah. then all of a sudden all the crickets all the moths all the spiders all the flies everything just gravitates uh, towards that light <laughs> and you know you've 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 got like yeah. a, a plethora of, of insects surrounding you and yeah. this... that's really not my it's not my style i cope with it mm. but it's not my style so i guess comfort for sure i don't need a five-star hotel i'm even happy in a hostel as long as it's you know regularly or it has a, some sort of level of cleansiness that's acceptable. Sure. And um, and yeah, I, I don't need the guides. I don't need... I like to discover places for myself. Okay, because the, I think this was the core of my question. Because I know, I, I was I know. just wondering how you really prepare for the travel. When you go to a new place, what, what do you start with? So, first of all, I don't really prepare that much. Mm-hmm. For me, as for the uh, podcast, <laughs> for me, I, I just take whatever travel is available as long as it's at a reasonable price, and um, I, I don't, I maybe look at the top ten places in the city to mm -hmm. to visit, but then once I'm there, I just try to be like a local. Mm -hmm. So I, I just kind of stay clear of the main boulevards or stuff like that, and I just try and experience the city or the town as uh, as the locals do mm -hmm. and um, what does it mean it means okay so I was in Barcelona in February mm -hmm. and uh, I tried to discover the local places where people used to or where, where people local people eat I tried to uh, discover the places where people would go and have a, a drink away from where all the tourists go Mm -hmm. Which is very difficult in Barcelona. Which is difficult in Barcelona, but you can you can find it's, lots of places yeah, where yeah. that actually happens. It's doable. Yeah, and um, and what else? Um, I guess I'm not the type of guy that writes down the list and says, "Okay, I absolutely need to do this. I need to do that, and I need to do that." And then I I tick the mm. box every time. You know, in many cases, it's an OCD actually. I think. Yeah, I don't know, but. Um, my way of experiencing cities and places is just waking up in the morning and feeling what I what I want to do. So mm -hmm. in the morning, I'll make a plan and I'll say, so myself, my girlfriend, for example, we're in Barcelona and we'd say, okay, what what are we going to do today? Have a quick look on Google. Okay, we let's go to this park. Let's I'm sure we'll find something to to eat somewhere around, mm -hmm. something to drink, and then we can we can see how we feel later on. Okay, so that's my style. Okay, so it means that you're not a museum person. Uh, I can be a museum person. I can. But one thing I don't like is crowds. Yeah. I'm not a massive fan of, you know, staying in line for four yeah. hours. Sure. Um, I mean, I've been to I've been to the Louvre in, in Paris. And uh, what other, what other um, important museums have I been to? Um, yeah, I guess, that, I guess that's one of the few, actually, that I've, I've been to. I mean, the National <laughs> Gallery in, in London. Yeah. That type of stuff. I'm also not a museum person um, unless it's a photography museum or a photography exhibition or something um, related to contemporary arts. Yeah. Um, but last year we visited Rome in mm -hmm. August, which is probably the worst time to visit Rome. Of course, because you're an idiot. Yep. Um, <laughs> well, 
fine. It was 40 degrees. It was unbearable. We still decided to go and visit the museum Vatican. of Vatican. Yeah, yeah. Because I really wanted to see the Sistine Chapel. Mm -hmm. And honestly, you know that I hate crowds. You know that I hate these situations in which you really have to almost crawl for your life. Yeah. Um, which was the case. It was 40 degrees and it was super crowded inside. But still, it was worth it. Sure. It was totally worth it. Sure. But definitely, I'm not a museum person. And I think we, it, it sounds like we have a similar style because I think when whenever you go to somewhere new, um, whatever you do, wherever you go, you, you will always experience something new. Yeah. You will always see new buildings, new types of, new, new type of architecture, new type mm -hmm. of food, new, 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 um, tastes and uh, everything is going to be different i mean even the language that you hear is something that you ex you're experiencing actively in sure. a new place and um and that's 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 what i prefer i really prefer if i wanted to to kind of build the type of my traveling i would say that i'm an observer i just go somewhere and if i have a cup of coffee or a cup of uh, water and i can sit and just look at people this is the most amazing thing right i really love it yeah although um last year in china we 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 walked like 250 kilometers Whoa. in 20 days and uh, it was also worth it because we've seen so many strange new old and amazing things that I don't regret it, although it was not the most relaxing type of holiday. Mm -hmm. It was not the observer holiday, kind of. Um, although we, we still had a lot of time to sit around or to, you, you know, yeah. we, we spent some time on the bus, on the, on buses, on the trains. Actually, you were probably the one who was being observed by the locals. Oh, yeah, for sure, of course. No, no, that's, of course, yes. But, uh, but, but yeah, I mean, in, in general, if I, if I were to go somewhere now, I would definitely like to, sure, if it's possible to visit the, the place, the places of the, of the area, like the most popular or something that, you know, is, is interesting to see around, it would be great, but I don't have to. I mean, if I go to, let's say, Rome, and I don't go into the into the Colosseum, I'm I'm not devastated. It's okay for me. Yeah. Um, it's all right as long as uh, as long as I spend a nice day and uh, I, I have plenty of time to to see new things. It's 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 okay. Yeah. So yeah, something that you already tries to ask uh, the bucket list or next ah, few yes. next few places that's you want to go um okay so for me i would have to say iceland mm. why because well I've, I've got some family there first of all and second of all every time i see it in a video or anything like that in pictures it just looks absolutely incredible it triggers you um, but the landscape you mean or yeah the landscape i mean the natural beauty of the place i mean there there needs to be a reason why icelandic uh, music is so atmospheric no Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, it's super interesting, right? The way our environment shapes our <laughs> culture, yes. our behavior. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can't remember if we already spoke about... Sorry, I'm going off on a tangent here, but on this, um, I can't remember if we already spoke about Ireland and Dublin in particular and why there's no squares. Um, but, you know, it's raining there 90% of the time. So mm -hmm. it, architecturally speaking, it doesn't make sense to 
have squares in the city where nobody is actually going to go outside and sit on a bench because probably sooner <laughs> rather than later it's going to rain on you. Yeah, true. So it makes it, it makes sense to be able to socialize indoors, and that's why pubs are so popular in uh, in Ireland. But mm -hmm. um, I mean, that's just one of the ways in which your environment kind of shapes your your behavior. But going back to the bucket list, I think Iceland um, definitely want to go back to New York. Um, mm -hmm with the girlfriend and, and try to explore, you know, Brooklyn, Queens, Bronx, just get a, a full New York experience, hopefully. And where else? In Asia, I guess, Japan. Japan has always been on my list. Mm -hmm. I've been, I've always been fascinated by Japan, by the rigorous um, attention to detail and by the the culture that seems to put respect and dutifulness at the center mm -hmm. uh, of everything it, it's it's just super fascinating and i think um, in general asia is extremely opposites to what we what we know yeah I, it's extremely diverse i mean you take japan and then you take chinese i mean i'm by no means am i a racist and i know i'm generalizing but uh, the difference in public behavior between a Japanese and Chinese, I mean, it's it's massive, uh, mm -hmm. usually speaking. I mean, I've, I've been in a very multicultural and diverse college for four years of my life in mm -hmm. Ireland. And uh, Chinese are just, I, I think, naturally louder than perhaps Japanese people who are more reserved, mm -hmm. yeah. at least in the public sphere. Yes. I know it's a generalization, but uh, it's it seems to be that way. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, definitely Japan, and then maybe maybe China after. Okay. Yeah, I can I can definitely recommend China. I think it is not for someone who does it, not like crowds. Yeah, and for <laughs> someone who's vegan, maybe. No, yeah. that's okay. Yeah. No, that's really okay. Oh, okay. That's not a problem. They have a lot of vegetables. That's fine. Okay. Um. Uh. But but yeah, China I can recommend. So it would be for you. It would be Iceland, New York, Japan, and China, for instance. Uh. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Oh, okay. oh, oh, maybe, maybe China. I would put in last place between Japan and China. I would say <clears throat> South America. Yeah. Okay. That's what I wanted to ask yeah. because yeah, you yeah. didn't mention South America. For instance, I'm, I'm South not America. America. Mm. I'm not interested in South America <clears throat> at all. Really? Yeah. Like the Mexican uh, pyramids, for example, or. I don't know. It does Argentina, Brazil, the not, Amazon. Not, not really. I mean, I haven't been there, so it's difficult to say it doesn't inspire me. But I really feel like this is not my kind of inspiration. Okay. Have you ever read the Motorcycle Diaries? No. Highly recommended. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. For yeah, I also have a bucket list of of travels. Um, it's very long. So um, I, I'm, we're not able to to go through the whole thing, but okay, for but sure Iceland I would like to go, but specifically for to see Northern Lights there. Yeah, uh, I know you can do it in Finland, you can do it in Norway, you can do it in Sweden, but I would specifically like to go to Iceland to see it. I don't know. There is I have this kind of maybe it's stereotypical, but I, I feel like it's the correct thing or correct way to see Northern Lights to go to Iceland. Okay, I didn't know there was a correct way, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. correct in my mind. Okay. <laughs> I would love to go to to the States um, 
there are a few things that I would like to see in, in the US, um, for, for sure New York, but I'm quite sure it would really make me tired very fast. Um, but since I'm, I'm, I'm such a huge fan of street photography and New York is one of the most uh, important places for street photography, of course I would like to see that. But I think more importantly I would like to see all the national parks of the US because the, oh, this, yeah. Like yeah. This, these these places are just the incredible biggest, the biggest tree is like in California and yeah, the natural the Sequoia, in Sequoia Park, National right. Park right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly yeah that I would love to see too yeah so so these things I would like to see in the States but <laughs> I have one special thing on my bucket list um, that is connected to <laughs> to the to my history of the internet and it's Israel okay I'm, I'm not sure I have, I've ever told you this story, but it was back in, I think, 1996-ish. When you were training to be a Mossad agent? <laughs> I wish. Okay. No, in, back in around 1996, my, my mom used to work for the Polish Telecom. And the Polish Telecom, of course, had the possibility to browse the internet. The internet in 1996 in Poland was a luxury was a real real big luxury already having a pc was a big thing but uh, being able to connect to the internet was a uh, was just absolutely unbelievable not too many people actually knew what internet was not too many people it sounds strange to say that in 2019 but it's it's not been so far ago right mm -hmm. yeah, it's only it's only been 23 years since then i agree but yeah, but internet was a luxury, and um, since my mom used to work for the Polish Telecom, I had the occasion to learn what internet is by going to to see her in in at at her in her office, and to be able to browse through the internet, which was extremely limited, not like nowadays, but was very limited. And one of the first websites I've ever seen in my life was aish.com. A i s a h.com okay and which uh, was which which was a it was an israeli jewish news uh website but it had one specific thing on on it it was 1996 ish and they already had a webcam Wow. And the webcam was refreshing. I think back then it was every 30 minutes. And then then uh, along, as, as the time went, they were uh, refreshing it more often. But back then, I think it was every 30 minutes or even every hour. They were showing the Western Wall of Jerusalem. And the thing is that th there was, a, there was a, a, a simple form in which you could write your prayer it didn't have to be a prayer it could be something that you wanted to write okay and there was a every day there was a rabbi named that would print out or write down all those prayers all those notes he would fold them in small papers and he would go to the western wall and pray for them wow that's cool so i used to go to this website every single day for many 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 years many years and you used to write a prayer not every day but every day i would go and just see west the western wall okay you're a weirdo yeah i i know i know but it was one of the first websites i've ever seen in my life i'm quite sure it actually does exist 
nowadays i don't go there anymore but if i think if, if we googled it i think it still exists but that's basically the story behind why i would like to go to israel, israel. especially jerusalem <laughs> to see the western wall okay i have a completely different motive for wanting to go to israel okay. it's not on my it's not on my bucket list but if <laughs> the, the reason is hummus, hummus. exactly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly you, you you take the words out of my mouth um You know, there's this doc. I don't know. I can't remember if we spoke about it before, but there's this uh, documentary on hummus that this guy decided to make, and he went to Israel and Palestine and all these places in the Middle East mm. to try and discover the best recipes for hummus. Mm -hmm. I still haven't watched it, but I will. And um, you know, they they, they make they make hummus with a mortar and pestle there. With what? Sorry, a mortar and pestle. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, we're used to blenders and all this type of stuff, but uh, well, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's like with coffee, right? What do you mean it's like uh, with coffee? You can you can use a a, a blade grinder. You can use uh, a burr okay. grinder. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. And yeah, of course. But yeah, They're hummus, hummus, and falafel. That's me. That's my motive for Israel and the Middle East. I mean. If I went to Israel, of course, I would try all the possible hummuses and falafels I could try. Yes. But this is still on my bucket list and I would like to close it in the next one and a half years. Okay, wow. Yeah. Cool. I wish you good fortune. Thank you very much. You're more than welcome. Kind you, regards. You, <laughs> you can actually post it on a note on this age.com and... Uh, I pray for hummus. Yeah. Oh, you, oh I pray for me oh, to I go to... I pray for Carol to yeah. go to... Okay. Yes, please. Okay. Okay, I think it's been already almost 50 minutes of, of our talking, so we yeah. could finish. But before we finish, if you could try to recommend a movie, a song or a yeah. book that you've read yeah. recently. So I would highly recommend a <clears throat> documentary I saw quite recently. Mm -hmm. and uh, the documentary talks about or is about uh, Sir Bobby Robson he Bobby was Robson, a football player he, he was a very yes he, before he was a football player uh, but he was uh, one of the best football coaches of all time mm. and um, I, I highly recommend it it's on uh, it's on Netflix if I can't remember the exact uh, name of the documentary itself, but it's pretty self-explanatory. You just Google Sir okay. Bobby Robson documentary. And then you said a movie or a song or a movie and a song. Doesn't matter. If you want to recommend a song as well, go yeah. on. Uh, this is going to get on your nerves. I'm going to recommend oh, no. Skip by oh, Super Parka. Don't That's listen, don't Super P-A-R-K-A. -A, Skip. S-K-I-P. <laughs> no. Yes. I respect your recommendation. Good. Respect Although it. I do not recommend <laughs> No, no, no. It's highly recommended. Skip Super Parka. No. Yes. No. Uh, Emerging French duo electro-funk music. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, I say it's highly recommended. Yeah. Okay. Uh, as much as I said, it's not. Yeah. It yeah. is. Um, <laughs> it's not. Uh, yeah. My recommendation is just going to be a, a band. The band is called Floating Points. Okay, interesting. It's, it, it's a British. It's a British band. Uh, the interesting thing about this band is that they are using um, uh, analog synthesizers and analog uh, instruments from the 60s, 70s. Nice. And they are also recording in analog, and uh, the, the sound is just absolutely incredible. Uh, I can especially. Um, recommend the the album called Elenia. Called what? Elenia. Elenia. Yeah, 
E-L-A-E-N-I-A. Okay. Floating points. That's what I recommend. I bought a vinyl because now I'm listening to the to vinyls all the time. Oh, you're so cool. You're so vintage, man. Yeah. You're like a hipster without being a hipster. Yeah. By, by the way, about vinyls, you, you know, I mean, it's a hype now, right? Yeah, sure. You you know, it's a, it's a hype. Everyone is listening to the vinyls. But what I would like to, and everyone is saying that they, they sound differently or blah, blah, blah. Mm. Which, well, which, they have that kind of like very nice, comforting background chatter noise that... Yeah, I mean, well, the the thing is that the digi- digital music has certain uh, extreme frequencies cut out. That's mm-hmm. that's why it's being compressed, and uh, <clears throat> certain frequencies are cut out. And vinyl doesn't have those frequencies cut out, so you the the sound should be fuller. The problem is that many vinyls nowadays are pressed from digital. Okay. Which, which means that these sounds are not there anyway. Okay. Anyway, okay. So, uh, so you need to record on vinyl. You need to you need to record from analog to vinyl, or okay. if it's a if it's from digital, it needs to hold all the information from the track. So when you're recording on analog, you mean like recording on a tape? No, recording from analog devices. So like if uh, if you have a digital synthesizer. It's most probably going to cut out the the frequencies that are um, that are involved in in the full spectrum of the sound. Super interesting. But of course, there is a possibility of recording in a digi- digital way with the full spectrum. Mm-hmm. It, it just weighs a lot more than a normal digital recording. So, uh, in many cases. Yes, it is possible to do that, but in majority of the cases, especially with the vinyl discs, which are cheaper than the than the other ones, you would just not get those sounds that you would expect from a vinyl. So interesting. You know what else is interesting? When I was a kid, I thought that vinyls were actually licorice. <laughs> you know the licorice wheels? Yes. I thought they were made of the same thing. So how, how many how many have you? Eaten? Eaten, yeah. Uh, none. <laughs> but you tried, right? Uh, oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> what are they actually made of? Vinyl is made out of vinyl, but what is vinyl? It's the PCV. PC, PVC, you mean? PVC, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's vinyl. Yeah, yeah. That's why they're vinyl. Vinyl is vinyl. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. Cool. Well, then next time, next time you're going to have to explain to me how you or how the sound is actually expressed from the needle tracking on the lines that are... Or mm. on the on the they're not called lines what are they called ridges the track the tracks the tracks yeah, yeah. I, actually it's very simple i can explain you right now okay so if you imagine a, a vinyl as a flat uh, surface right what vinyls are flat <laughs> just like earth shit <laughs> no the, the the vinyl vinyl is a flat surface but it's actually not it has these the these tracks that are a series <coughs> of uh, ups and downs so holes that are smaller or higher, right? Right. And when when the when the needle goes into this into those holes, it goes through. It goes also up and down, right? Right. So when the needle does the movement of up and down, it creates a vibration that through the head of the vinyl, the the thing that is attached to the needle, is transformed in an electrical way from those uh, waves of up and down into basically sound waves. Wow. That's as simple as that. It's n- there is no magic around it. Wow. That is really cool. I think we should finish with that. Yep. 
Okay. Um, great. Thank you, mom, for listening. I hope I, I don't think she would listen until here anyway. So. I think we're kidding ourselves if we think that anybody's <laughs> listening anyway. So. Yeah, but thanks for listening and uh, until the next time. See ya. Ciao.